The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. Talk Connection uh, podcast viewers and listeners, welcome back to the most extreme and violence you'll ever experience on the No So Extreme Three Way Dance. JT, Jenny, and Matt coming at you on our trek through the history of extreme championship wrestling. How are you folks doing tonight? It's extreme allergy season. Mm-hmm. I think we've all been affected, sadly. Pollen flying everywhere like blood and sawdust in the ECW arena. It's going to be the extreme hackway dance because we're all going to be. <laughs> Hacking up along like Hack Myers. Mm. See what I did there? Oh my mm. god. The Shah. Oh, Shah. <laughs> Bless, Bless you. Bless you. Wow. Wow. That's very good. Anyway. If you're watching, Easy Dudley. If you're watching, welcome to our YouTube channel. Hopefully, you'll take a minute to subscribe. We have lots of great content. We have video content coming every day. We either have a longer form podcast or some quick hit stuff that's like under a half hour. Uh, also, during the weeks leading up to major premium live events for WWE, every night we you know preview all the matches, like one a night. So we're doing all kind of cool stuff on YouTube. If you're on audio, thank you as well. Uh, we're on all podcatcher apps under North South Connection, so you can check that out. On this podcast, like I mentioned, we're going through the history of ECW. We started in February 1994. We are now moved into March of 1998. We are going to be covering the fallout from Living Dangerously 98 here tonight. I think it was a show we all... For the most part, really, Doug. Uh, it was probably the best pay-per-view crowd to this point. I know we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was interesting, right? They they were kind of at a box with some of the injuries and stuff, but I think they kind of made the most of it. So we'll see how the fallout goes, and we're going to dive right in. March seventh, nineteen ninety-eight. This episode is pretty much a pure recap show. We'll we'll touch on what they showed, but uh, a couple of new things in here. We open with highlights from Living Dangerously. Paulie teases those highlights. We get opening animation. We go back to Living Dangerously. Jane, Jane Jameson is there. She's flirting with uh, with Paulie, and then Cronus slams his face into a cake for some reason. And then uh, Nova and Meteor giggling. So. They love Jenna Jameson, man. They got her. They got her all over these things. They got another eight months of B-roll queued up for this there one. There you go. Here, there you probably. go. They get that one promo, and they're gonna run it to the ground. Yeah. Look, that cake was way hotter than Jenna Jameson. It was <laughs> gorgeous. Have like a quarter sheet cake, gorgeous purple frosting on it, and then Cronus's face. So that's right. how I. That's how I eat cake also. As well. Probably a little safer too. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Full face. Joey's in the nest. He takes us to stills of the broken ring from Living Dangerously. He hypes up our next pay-per-view, May 3rd, Wrestlepalooza, 1998. Wrestlepalooza, perhaps, from <laughs> Matt, My Georgia. My God. The historic you waited for two weeks to say that, didn't you? You, you had that queued up. You've had that, you've had that queued up. <laughs> you've had that one in the holster for a while. Yeah, probably since our last one. Didn't we do a Wrestlepalooza? I think we talked about it. I think we did, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, all right. So the next uh, pay-per-view, Russellpalooza, Marietta, Georgia, Cobb County Civic Center, the historic building there on May 3rd. We get random. Christmas. Yeah. Random. Yeah, I w- yeah. You know, we'll try it. We'll see. Like, you know, we've been, we were into the arena. We were down on Pittsburgh. We were down on, uh, definitely hard down on, what was it? Was it Florida? Was Florida. It? Flor- yeah. Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. We, we did not like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then Asbury was solid. Mm-hmm. So we'll mm-hmm. see how uh, Cobb County steps up. I mean, it's a it's a hot wrestling area, Atlanta, right. Georgia t- territory stuff. So we'll see. And they've been running down there. Like, I think they're on TV down there at this point. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, see how it carries on our next uh, pay-per-view when we get there. We get clips from Cyber Slam, Just Incredible, and Tommy Dreamer. The promo on the darkness from Tommy that ended with, <coughs> excuse me, Credible teasing Beulah's defection. Joey then walks through the rise of Just Incredible. Paul narrates the still some Dreamer versus Credible Living Dangerously. Joey hypes up the ECW pay-per-view. He tells the fans to keep pushing those local cable companies. Step up and accept free thinking. ECW pay-per-views for all. <laughs> so, the original uh, MAGA movement. Chill? ECW yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Freedom and Liberty. ECW. Next pay-per-view, January 6th. Oh, honey bun. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely going to get a comment for that. All right, Sabu versus Sandman. Uh, We get that. Uh, We get Paul narrating highlights from RVD Furnace. Uh, We get a big old Taz hype package. We get the promo from Taz in the empty building. We get Paul narrating Taz Bigelow highlights. Joey talks about the broken ring. We get clips of Shane Douglas's promo from last week. Joey then talks about the broken ring. He says all they could, they did all they could to ensure the pay-per-view was wrapped by 9.50, so they had to cancel Cronus versus Snow and snuck in the main event uh, regardless of the time crunch and the busted ring. Paul then narrates highlights of Snow and Storm versus Douglas and Candido. And then we get ap- excerpts from the ECW Hardcore Hotline interview with Paul Heyman where he explains that we're forced to have Candido and Storm remain as a tag team champions and won't take actions like other companies. Just because the champions don't get along, Paul doesn't give a fuck. So... Candido and Storm will remain champions until a better team beats them. And if he suspects a swerve or double cross, he will evaluate which member of the team put their own interests ahead of ECWs. And that man will be fired, Matt. Uh, What did you think of this ultimatum from Paul regarding the tag team title situation? I mean, it was good, but boy, it took forever to get through. It was it was an overly long explanation of this, like to the point where I kind of felt like it was done just to kind of kill time on this episode. Like it it was very long. Like we we get it, Paul. And look, I like hearing Paul talk as much as the next person. But like, all right, we we get the point. You don't need to keep rehashing the same thing. So it, it was a bit much. But I, I do think it's interesting that, you know, they're still the champs. They won't give up the belts. And, hey, they're basically forcing them to uh, team with each other. But it's just the fact that it took 15 minutes to get to that point. That was uh, it was it was a bit much, Jenny. I don't feel like a forced tag team is a very good idea. And then they try to get smart. Like, if anybody tries to, like, mm-hmm. swerve us, mm-hmm. we'll get you. I'm like, I mean, well, they're obviously going to do that. But that's why I like it, because now it's like a little extra bonus to their matches not only could they lose the tag titles not only could they you know have an issue and go to war over it now one of them could get fired too so it's like a little extra juice to their matches Mm -hmm. um they don't always get with this like wacky mismatch tag partner stuff you get in most you know a lot of promotions Mm -hmm. they don't usually go to this length so again like paul and ecw has always been about putting the company first and the the fans first and he doesn't want chicanery uh where these guys are just trying to screw the other one so i kind of liked it It was different well i mean we've had complaints about the tag division here for a mm-hmm. hot while does this right. help that stuff does it help i mean also like it's candido and... those titles more you know less of a hot potato bullshit well i think more matches with candido and storm helps right because <laughs> they're yeah. so awesome right exactly so if, if we're forcing them to work as a team i think it's a benefit right and really if you look at it too like where would they even be as solos like if they weren't in this right. team right now like storm mm-hmm. probably is there's not like a ton of space for him at the moment. Um, Candido's kind of would be like the third third man out with the triple threat, like Douglas, the world title, Bigelow's feuding with Taz, TV title. Like what would Candido be doing? So I think it's kind of taking two guys that would l- likely just be kind of ambling around and gives them something. Hmm. So I mean, I anyway. guess that makes sense. Uh, Joey wraps up. He thanks us for ordering Living Dangerously. He hypes Russell Palooza. And then we go backstage with a triple threat and Douglas apologizes to Taz for allowing him to walk around saying the TV title meant more than the world title. 
He was about to admit it, living dangerously, but Taz didn't carry his end of the bargain. Bigelow is now the TV champion after putting Taz through the ring. Triple Threat have all the world titles, and they have Francine, the real ECW sweetheart, and they talk down Snow. Says he can't stop thinking about if he or Snow is the better man, so he has to find out. So Douglas is challenging Snow and Head to see who is better, and a nobody like Storm is great just by being associated with the Triple Threat, Jenny. So I think this is a pretty good promo from Shane. Kind of resets us after the pay-per-view and makes it very clear we're obviously going to get Douglas versus Snow at Wrestlepalooza. So what did you think of the promo? And what do you think of the choice of snow? Is this the right way to go for this pay-per-view? Uh, yes, it's got to be. It's got to be snow. Who Who's more over than him on that mm-hmm. same level? I mean, got to capitalize on yeah. all that. And I thought it was a good promo. I love seeing all the gold together and Francine in the middle of that. I like Colin Bigelow, the Taz killer now. That mm-hmm. means something now, right? Mm-hmm. After Taz's epic run, it really does mean something. Um, and... The Lance Storm comment also makes sense to me, and and I would agree with Shane. I mean, like you said, what is Lance Storm going to be doing if not feuding with Candido, one of those guys? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like it has to be Snow. I don't know who else it would be besides him, especially with him getting the pinfall in the tag match at Living Dangerously. Like, it makes perfect sense. Uh, I thought Shane um, Shane's promo was really well done here. You know, him saying that the company was not built around some gimmick; it was meant to be a pedestal for him. I thought that was Mm -hmm. those are uh, great lines, and I like him say he. I like him being the challenge Snow that it was not Snow coming after him. It was like it was Shane going for him because basically he's tired of hearing about it and he has to know if else was the real deal so i thought that was uh i thought this was a really well done segment here from shane all right that wraps up our first episode so we're gonna go ahead and head right in no awards i mean it was obviously nothing yeah. new yeah um all right let's go to march 14th <laughs> jenna jameson's backstage <laughs> uh, she's flirting she wants to give us a little head and then she shakes nice. around the foam head uh that sets up a snow music video and gives us a slate for wrestlepalooza then get our opening animation. Joey's in the nest. We're in the IBEW hall outside of Boston mm-hmm. and nice. hyped up Wrestlepalooza, uh, which officially has the main <laughs> event of Al Snow versus Shane Douglas. Joey makes jokes about Mike Tanay, Lee Marshall, and reveals that Lance Storm and Chris Candido will defend their tag titles here outside of Boston. Joey was a little amped up. He yeah. Was, yeah he um, I noticed a little frantic during this opening. Maybe that something, Boston energy. It's that I'm, Boston curious if, like, I'm curious if something happened on Nitro because he went right at Tanae and Marshall. So I feel yeah. like, yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't Larry. So I don't think it was about the Spicoli thing probably, but like something in here, he was clearly peeved about because he usually is a reason why he calls guys out by name like that. Right. Specifically. Mm-hmm. All right. Our opening match features Landstorm and Chris Candido defending the tag team titles against... <laughs> Sounds like it's playing on like a really shattered Victrola right now. <laughs> shattered Victrola looks my old time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a little wobbly there for sure. Um, wobbly. Little wobbly. Gotta clean the needle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, tonight's word uh, to uh, deliver here is cretino. 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 It's a very simple one tonight. No. Idiot. Idiot. Cretino. These are always no. very mean. They're always <laughs> mean. Very oh, aggressive. This is a yeah. true Italian lessons, right? Yeah, it's right. It's true. Yeah. There's never been a nice Italian, right? They only speak in squares, <laughs> I think. Like Adriana Massachusetts nice. hands. Right, exactly. That's all I say. All right. Better than Boston. FBI dance out. Big Don is with them. Uh, looks like their problems have been cleaned up, maybe. The issues they've been having. Lance Storm's out with Candido, but it's Lance Storm's music. So Candido barks at the sound guy, uh, who's wearing an FBI shirt. Candido <laughs> goes backstage, and he re-enters to his own music, which is pretty funny. Uh, Candido and Storm argue as we settle in. Candido and Smothers start us off a little back and forth till Candido tags out in frustration. Storm and Smothers tangle with Tracy controlling. Storm gets a back elbow for two. The FBI double up to take over, but Storm grabs the arm and slows Guido down, tags in Candido. 
Guido gets a Rana for two, tags Smothers as the FBI really controlled the pace. Smothers chops away, spits at Candido until Floria strikes in a near fall. Candido bails out. Smothers tries an axe, but he misses and bangs into the railing. Candido gets to work. Storm gets baited outside. Rich works him over using the railing, then chucks him back in, and the FBI starts a quick tag and batter Storm. Storm comes rumbling back. He tags Candido, who has an awesome wild scrum with Smothers, before hitting a powerbomb. Storm gets a gorgeous high cross body on Guido and then shoves Candido after arguing. Candido gets rolled up, but Storm panics and saves his partner. Candido and Storm work over the FBI. Smothers goes up and gets crotched as Candido takes him down with a Rana. Candido goes up but misses a diving headbutt. He recovers with an Enziguri. Smothers comes back with a thrust kick, a top rope back elbow. Storm hits a springboard clothesline. Things break down until Storm and Candido hit a doomsday device. Storm covers, but Candido, Candido yanks him off. The FBI heat back up. Candido grabs a waist lock on Smothers, and Storm super kicks him. Candido takes him over the bridge in German and picks up the win. And that's a pretty fun match. I liked the, uh, the final stretch quite a bit. I thought the story worked really well, too, with Storm and Candido struggling to get along, but they're focusing on not screwing over each other as well. Uh, so it's a pretty good angle, like we talked about. The FBI is perfect for these matches. They can hang with the top guys. They're credible because they've been champions. Uh, so they're always great in this stuff. So Jenny went two and three quarters on this opening match. I did, too. And I really did love the FBI in this match. And I know we've talked about where's the Dudleys, but fuck the Dudleys, in my opinion, because <laughs> I'd much rather see FBI. Um I thought they really worked it well, like you said, especially towards the end. Mm -hmm. it, um, you knew Candido was really going to milk this whole having to work with Storm thing. Yes. Yep. And mm -hmm. the music is perfect. Like, mm -hmm. it's a very awesome touch. And then later on, he'll add things to it and resistance. But then when he gets down in the match, he's just kicking ass and trying to win the match. So that's what I was afraid of, that their matches would start sucking because they would be fighting each other and not their opponents. So I was happy to see that that's not the case here, but that edge of heat between them really adds a lot to it. Uh, two and three quarters for me too, Matt. Yeah, I went two and three quarters like you guys. Really fun match here. Uh, Tracy Smothers hailing from Nashville, Italy. Popped me Love pretty that. hard. Yep. I thought that was a great uh, great touch. Uh, Joey also at one point mentioned that uh, this building is going to be converted into a Buddhist temple. And then he asks the question, uh, what are the odds that they will rent the building out to them once it is converted? <laughs> <laughs> I missed a, that comment somehow. That was a great line from Joey. But yeah, I thought this was a really fun match. Candido and Storm, I say it every episode, they just work so well together. And I think it's another mm -hmm. reason why you got to kind of keep them together right now, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, and usually I'm not a fan of the tag partners hate each other thing, but it's working here because Paul is basically forcing them to defend the titles and they're not they're right. not really doing the stupid infighting thing because they can't or they'll be fired. So I think it's a nice wrinkle to that and it makes that uh, tag partners hate each other thing more tolerable to me. And yeah, this was just a really solid match. The FBI know what they're doing in there. They're uh, tag champion, so it gives Candido another win under their belts. So yeah, uh, good stuff here, two and three quarter. All right, Joey's in the nest. He talks about a tough spot the champions are in. Joey then hypes up Russell Palooza, talks about how you can pay to listen live, play-by-play -play on the website during the next ECW Arena show. So, again, a little bit ahead of the game on this stuff. Mm -hmm. I think we talked about this a bit. You know, WCW was doing some little things like this at the time. WDF was definitely behind um, the ECW, you know, getting on the web and trying to engage, which they know is, like, one of the resources they have right now to really reach their fan base or at least grow the fan base. Joey narrates highlights of Sabu versus Sandman from the pay-per-view. And that takes us to our next match, which is Rob Van Dam and Sabu taking on Sandman and Two Cold Scorpio. Uh, we go back to Boston, the IEBW Hall. Uh, mm -hmm. Former tag team champs are reunited. They're looking for revenge. Scorpio dances out first and talks about living dangerously, how Sandman's the only person in ECW he trusts to have his back. Out he comes for his usual long entrance as Joey talks about the history as a team. RVD and Sabu hit the ring, and after a break, the brawl is on with wild strikes and cane shots. RVD and Scorpio head outside as Sabu batters Sandman with the cane. Sabu comes out as well. Scorpio is dumped into the fans. RVD follows, and they brawl out there. RVD chucks a chair at Scorpio, heads back to ringside, but gets whacked by a Sandman clothesline. Scorpio recovers. Him and RVD trade strikes in the ring as RVD uh, follows with a plancha. Sabu sets up a table bridge. He and Sandman go back inside. Sabu pelts Sandman with kicks and a slingshot leg drop. Sandman comes back with a top rope run on a slingshot leg drop as RVD and Scorpio battle on the floor. Sandman throws Sabu into RVD and Scorpio and dives out after them with a plancha to a big pop. After a break, Scorpio has the top rope lariat on Sabu as RVD and Sandman battle on the floor. 
RVD puts Sandman on the table bridge as Sabu hits the top rope Rana on Scorpio. He tries a springboard onto Sandman, but he slips and collapses to the floor. Sabu comes back in, resets, and now buries Sandman with a really hard uh, springboard leg drop through the table. RVD works over Scorpio, grabs a near fall, gets a top rope sidekick on Sandman, followed by a Sabu Arabian face buster. Scorpio makes a save. RVD tries a frog splash, but Scorpio moves and he hits Sabu by accident. RVD kicks Scorpio to the floor. RVD and Sabu hit the total elimination on Sandman. Sabu goes up top. It's an atomic Arabian face buster for the win. A really good wild mess, a hectic pace, a good setup with all four trading blows uh, the whole time. Sabu continues to own Sandman in their war. RVD and Scorpio had some good sequences as well. Nothing to blow you away, but a really good showcase for this crowd in Boston on the road uh, and continuing to give RVD and Sabu quality wins. So I went three stars, Matt. I like this. It was a solid tag and had some really fun spots. Yeah, uh, I went three and a quarter on this really fun match, uh, super fast pace. And it was kind of like an express lane version of one of these matches, just super fast pace. I don't even know if it went 10 minutes. It, it felt like it did. And it just kind of flew by uh, RVD chucking a row of chairs at Scorpio was a great spot. And <laughs> Scorpio selling that was great. Uh, Sabu crotching himself on the railing as he goes to the table was brutal. <laughs> that could have ended uh, very poorly for one Sabu. But yeah, the crowd was red hot for it. I thought the ending was a little little wonky sabu almost fell off the top with that uh, face buster but at least he hit it so th that could have ended poorly too but uh yeah a uh, wild sprint uh fun stuff three and a quarter jenny three and a quarter for me as well sabu and his blood-stained uh colored pants tonight like <laughs> and it's fitting considering how much blood he's taken uh, thus far from Sandman and mm -hmm. continues to do so in this match i really like the pace of it i really like the old school ECW feel of it too, uh -huh. Sandman mm -hmm. and yep. Scorpio together. I love that I know the history of them, and yep. so it mm -hmm. it sort of adds something just for me um, in this match because kind of not used to that feeling, and I like it when it comes around. But Sandman's lively for this; he's not lazy, and him and Scorp just had that same magic, um, that same wild brawling style i think even scorpio pulls out a cartwheel at some point so he was trying to sh show off for sabu i think um the sabotch was one of the biggest ones i've seen uh <laughs> from him which was great i kind of marked for those now um so yeah i mean it's not it's not uh, an all-time classic but it's a very solid match and anybody who got to see it in boston was lucky Okay, Joey's in the nest. He hypes up the next arena show on March 21st, as well as Russell Palooza. Backstage, Bigelow talks about winning the TV title in his hometown, why he's now the Taz killer. He talks about watching wrestling in juvie and how the old wrestlers always dared challengers to come take their titles, and he did the same thing. That then brings us to our Pulp Fiction. Joey's still trying out bad jokes. Sabu is stoic, and RVD looks antsy as Fonzie rants about next week's show. He pumps up Sabu. RVD then puts himself over while backhandedly taking his Sabu shots, as always. Uses his fingers to whistle like Fonzie when uh, they're trying to wrap up. Joey's still ranting. He shits on Lance Wright. New Jack is in an alley. Says he's not a studio gangster or a cartoon character, just an OG. Fran uh, then mocks the big mystery punter stuff, and then Douglas rants about Al Snow, seeming very frustrated about Snow's head games. Francine says she had to console Shane and talks about screaming her names to do so. Douglas then snaps about heads fan, the head fans. Shane says that Russell Palooza, ECW is his company, his belt, and Snow is another pretender. And we'll find out what the belly to belly means and why he is the franchise. So, Jenny, what do you think of our Pulp Fiction? It was decent. I mean, not very long. Just a, a couple of little promos. Fonzie's screaming. Um, <laughs> just screaming his balls off but rvd wants to be um the main man of the, this trio but i loved sabu in this <laughs> he's so good just playing off against this random insults uh from rvd and like he don't even he like touches him like he is like he's just mouthing off and he goes fucker and he just swats him like a cat <laughs> it's hilarious it's great um New Jack, he said he, he's the original vibe gangsta, so I liked that. And uh, Shane looks definitely sane and stable um, mm. going into his uh, Al Snow. He's, he's more cracked than Snow, I think, at this point. This, yeah. uh, the head stuff is driving him nuts. I don't trust it. I don't trust Shane ever. You know, he's the king of swerves, so no thank you. I'm not buying his crack up. He's going to have to do better than that. 
Yeah, I, I thought Shane was great here again. I mean, you know, saying how he was embarrassed at the biggest uh, pay-per-view in company history, and he's just pacing back and forth with that manic look on his face, basically trying to convince himself that Snow's antics don't bother him. <laughs> like, I thought that was really well done. Call Snow another pretender to the throne. So I, I thought he was kind of the star of this. It's uh, not the best Pulp Fiction. We've definitely seen better. Uh, Fonzie, like you said, Jenny, just fucking screaming at the top of his lungs. God knows what he was saying. I wasn't going to try and decipher it, but yeah. Uh, definitely on the lower end of Pulp Fictions we've seen, but still pretty good, mostly because of Shane. All right. So that wraps us up. Let's get to our awards for this episode. Uh, best match. I went with the, the tag, the RVD and Sabu tag. Yep. Yes. And worst match. I mean, it's still really good, but FBI versus Candido you know, and Storm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ones we saw. Yep. Uh, best moment. I went, I just, we didn't have a lot of moments, really. I went with the reunion of Sandman and Scorpio. That's good. Um, I like uh, Candido asking to switch his music. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a nice touch. I think I'll go with that. Uh, most 90s, I went with Scorpio and Sandman reuniting. I guess Jenna Jameson's always in there. Too. Yeah, always, yeah, always in the mix. Yep. Uh, Stock Rising, I went Candido and Storm, Douglas and RVD and Sabu. Mm-hmm. Yep. Stock falling. I went Mike today, Lee Marshall. I just got <laughs> they don't even work here and they're falling. <laughs> Fucking Fonzie and his screaming ass. Uh, final grade. I just get this is a good episode. I mean, a three and a two and three quarters for me. Not a lot else going on. Like, it's one of those ones you felt like definitely a holding pattern before the new arena refresh. Uh, they just kind of pulled shit off a house show in Boston. So I went six out of ten. Like, it was a fun watch, it was a little above average, but. If there's ones you got to skip, if you're trying to buzz through mm-hmm. and you skip this one, you're not going to miss anything, really. Yeah, I would be right there. I, I thought about the five and a half, but I I really like those pair of matches. So six for me. Yeah, I mean, there's not much going on at this show. It was basically just house, house show matches, like you said. So I went six on it, too. The matches were good, at least. But outside of that, not much. All right. Let's get to our final installment here. We're going to go to March 21st, 1998. An angry Paul Heyman is in the ring in Queens. He says 11 months ago, he was told they could air a pay-per-view in Idaho, Los Angeles, Philly, and Time Warner agreed to air their pay-per-view, but the revolution has to still be fought. People with brains as small as McMahon said ECW is too violent and sexual to air. Everyone faxed and wrote and emailed, and as a family, ECW fans stood up for their First Amendment rights and did stuff that WCW and WWE fans are loyal enough or don't care to do. They fought a revolution, and because of their fans, ECW has cleared Cablevision. So a big win for them to uh, clear Cablevision and get their pay-per-views airing in, I mean, I guess the greater New York uh, right. <laughs> market now. So mm-hmm. big deal for them for sure. That's one of their hot spots. Uh, anyone who's ever had Cablevision will tell you it's not the easiest group to deal with. A bit of a nightmare. It's been 20 years since I've had to deal with them, and I remember hating them quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> way behind the times on a lot of things, at least when I had it. I don't, I don't think it's changed terribly much. So, um, you think you think in a major market like New York, you'd have like a top tier cable company, but definitely not. Uh, so anyway, big news for them by Paul Jenny for uh, clearing Cablevision. Was this big news at the time? I mean, like, did you guys? hear about this or read it like did, did you care or i don't, is this I anybody no, fucks I don't think like, it was probably on my radar at all yeah, i mean i wasn't ordering any of these i, I wasn't even I, I had no way to watch regularly so like i probably mm-hmm. didn't order i had to save my money to spend on dota pay-per-views at this point right. so right um i got more in ecw in 99 so this to me like wasn't I, it, I think they were already on viewer's choice anyway, so I probably could have ordered them at this point right. anyway. So I, I, was, I didn't have cable vision. It well, is interesting that they were doing those type of crowds at the Elks without being on cable in New York. All the tapes, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Paul makes it like seem like a big deal. So oh, it feels like, like they won a massive war. Yeah, I like, mean, he, uh, he's right. like doing a whole Coke-fueled uh, promo. Yeah. Um, so I, I was happy for them, you know. It's I mean, great. Jenny, you're doing a podcast right now where you're talking about cult documentaries. Like, yeah, you could probably do an ECW DVD documentary, and and it's, I mean, it's a cult. Right? It's mm-hmm. it's fine. Like, no one gets hurt. Well, some people get hurt, but uh, <laughs> it's you know, it's whatever. But it's a cult. Like, Heyman is a cult leader. Like, that's mm-hmm. the way he sets presents himself. The way he talks to his followers that are incredibly loyal, no matter what. Uh, even if something sucks, they buy in that it's awesome. Oh, and like, shit. this is like him against the world. This is. <laughs> 
this is Heyman <laughs> against the world, right? Like it's ECW versus everyone, and uh, we finally conquered a new you know land by taking down Cablevision, and you know they're fighting against the big dogs in WWF and WCW. So it's that's just this is cult leader Heyman out there like preaching mm-hmm. to the followers, you know. That moment you, when you realize you're in a cult and it's led by Paul Heyman. I mean. <laughs> I think Buzz knew it at the drink time. Drink the Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah. Anything you say. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely a thing at the time. Like people said it. There was like, a, you know, Heyman's Kool Aid, and right. it, it was treated that way. It wasn't like no. I don't think anyone ran from it or hid from it. It was like clearly, it's a brilliant marketing, like brilliant mm-hmm. promotion mm-hmm. by him to do it He's this brilliant. way. He's so, brilliant. You know, by bringing the fans in so close, make them feel like it's all them against everyone else. So. He bought everyone in the in the back uh, white sneakers, and they were instructed <laughs> to put them on. <laughs> All right. We get our opening animation. Joey's in the ring. He's fired up. Welcomes us to the big-ass Extreme Bash. It's back, I guess. Uh, the crowd fires oh, up. What? Oh, that's the big-ass Extreme Bash. <laughs> that was like a big marker for us on this podcast, the one from 96. Is that was like the end of Cactus and Mikey. Cactus was leaving. Matt, I think that's when you came in. Wasn't that like your yeah, first show? It was, yeah, it was so. like right around there. Yeah, that was like a big. It was two years into the project. Actually, it was, a, it was our halfway point at this point. It was like mm-hmm. exactly two years in for us. So it's yeah, big ass, big asses. Bad. Yeah, it always have a special place in our heart for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We like big asses. Can't lie. <laughs> Uh, the crowd fires up a loud Philly sucks chant. Joey talks about Russell Palooza. Douglas is defending against Snow. Douglas heads to the ring alongside Francine, starts talking right away how he's the reason ECW even exists. Starts choking at Joey, grabs Francine's hand. She tries to calm him down. Candido comes in and Shane shoves him down. Joey keeps apologizing for the joke. Bigelow comes out and he subdues Shane. And we go to break as it's very obvious Mr. Douglas is completely on edge. Snow has him rattled. He doesn't know where to think, what to believe. Um, and he's clearly shaking that. He's shaking like the heads in the crowd every time he uh, he <laughs> says something. So, yeah, again, I, I think Shane has really been the star of these three episodes. He's been great during all of these. And just him, like, grabbing Joey by the collar. That, that's a thing you don't see a lot of people do. So I thought that was he, – he's just very – he's kind of angry. I mean, he's always full of piss and vinegar and angry at yeah. the world. But it seems like he's extra angry now. Like, mm-hmm. when Bam Bam has to come out to calm you down, you're right, kind of right. you're kind of teetering on the edge there, pal. So, but – yeah, he, he just can't handle all the Al Snow stuff, and I think he's been uh, – it's an interesting way to go about doing this feud. I, I don't know if it necessarily needed this, but I like that they're doing it, this feud. So it's 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 interesting to see, Jenny. It's not what I expected. Yeah, I mean, grabbing Joey is definitely one way to piss me off real quick. Um, I did not enjoy that when Joey's manhandled. So I appreciate uh, the effort put in. I mean, I'm still – I'm still thinking that Shane is all working us. So I just don't, I enjoy the attempt. Uh, I think it looks good. Um, I like how scared Francine gets and she like cowers behind Joey. It's kind of funny. Um, But I don't think Shane is so easily unhinged. I'll say. Mm. All right. We get to our opening match, and that is Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney, otherwise known as Rotten Balls around these parts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. taking on a brand new tag team of Dangerous Danny Doring and the Amish Roadkill. Uh, so we've seen Roadkill before, not Amish, but just Roadkill in the past. Mm-hmm. He's now converted. Um, and <laughs> Lance Wright is with this new team. Uh, oh. and he's also got a new bodyguard, uh, Draws, Darren Drozdoff. So uh, not quite a DODF star yet, but he's a DODF signee. So mm-hmm. similar to a Brockus and others, they've sent mm-hmm. him down here to kind of keep busy a little bit while they, before they uh, debut him on TV. So, I mean, it's, whatever. We'll see a de- Doring and Roadkill quite a bit down these final few mm-hmm. years, uh, but they are obviously now uh, officially on the program. Axel takes uh, smashes draws with a chair as Doring tries to take control. Axel throws him around. Balls comes in and puts Doring over his shoulder. Axel smashes him with a top rope axe handle. Balls is right back in, drops a leg as Doring's in the soup. Balls misses a moonsault. Roadkill gets a tag and hammers on Balls. We get a fuck the Amish chant as Roadkill splashes <laughs> Balls twice. But he misses a punch and Balls hits a back suplex. Axel comes with a flurry. Joey says if they win here, they'll retain their top contender status and challenge for the belt at Wrestlepalooza. Balls sets up the Nutcracker sweet on Roadkill, but he drops him and gets a chair instead. Axel gets one as well, and they mash Doring and Roadkill with stereo chair shots to win. 
Uh, this is all right. Just kind of a showcase for rotten balls as they roll toward Wrestlepalooza. We'll see if Doring and Roadkill get any success going on here. Perennial loser, right? Probably not a lot of hope with him in their corner, but we'll see. Uh, so, Jenny, you want to start in a half? It's kind of a typical rotten ball squash chairs and punches. I got irrationally angry on the missed moonsault on this squash match. Mm. Uh, I just felt like, why? Uh, <laughs> when you could have easily hit it, why? <laughs> anyway, um, fuck the Amish. That's fun. That's a fun new chant uh, that we can learn. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I like the double chair shots um, for the win. So I did one and one quarter stars, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I went one and a half. Uh, side note, are we going to get an Amish word of the week now, along with the Italian word of the week? Ooh, I feel like that might be a thing. That yeah. Might be, that... <laughs> no, I'm good. Every week uh, is just yeah. Rumspringer. Yeah, butter churn. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I went a star and a half on it. It was fine. It was it was a basic squash here. Uh, the fuck the Amish chant was the highlight, and it's it's really a shame because the Amish aren't even going to be able to see that chant because they can't watch TV. Oh, star and a star and a half for me. It was it was a, your uh, fairly standard squash here. The chair shots were disgusting as they always were, but yeah. And other than that, it was a standard squash. It's a real Amish. Joey's in the nest. He sets up our next match. FBI taking on Scorpio and Sandman. The FBI are in the ring. They're dancing to Scorpio's music, which is funny. Uh, as he heads out, Joey talks about Tommy Richards' basement wine. Uh, Sandman slowly, <laughs> slowly ambles out. We get rolling after a break and some intros where Smothers makes the announcer call Rich the president of Italy. Joey helps hides- <laughs> up the live audio stream of the arena as Sandman will challenge Bigelow at that show. We finally start with Smothers and Scorpio locking up. Scorpio shoots Smothers around, dances. Smothers talks some shit, slaps Scorpio. Scorpio runs through a flurry of impact offense to near falls. Guido tries to help, but Scorpio cuts through both guys and cleans them out. Sandman comes in, but Guido catches him with a neckbreaker, stomps away. Smothers comes in, FBI starts to work together. Sandman fights through it, tries to come back, but Rich hooks his leg, and Guido shoves him to the floor. Sandman throws Guido in the air, but he lands on the ref, and things break down into all four guys brawling. uh, Scorpio slams Guido. Goes up top and it's a splash, but there's no ref. Rich comes in but gets knocked down half, uh, gets knocked down right away. Smothers and Guido double up Scorpio's Jeff Jones shows up. Rich has a chain and decks Scorpio, but Sandman canes Jones to stop the count. Scorpio it's a high cross body. Rich and Smothers and Sandman canes Guido to pick up the win. And Sandman and Scorpio celebrate with a beer. Uh, pretty good little tag. FBI is so fu- so much fun. In all these matches, the stooging around and and you know again when they're in control they work well too so everything balances out nicely. Um, you know, Scorpio and Sandman have that never dying chemistry; they're always great out there. The crowd is vibing on it. Just you know, a good TV match between two teams that had their act down. I went two and a half, Jenny. It was just like a, a solid TV tag. I mean, basically, yeah. Uh, it's 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 the FBI just brings this level of lively just and mm-hmm. it's part it's their stick you know it's their um the shit they do pre-match and fucking president of italy you know <laughs> like you said the character stuff and then in the ring they they're just so much fun to watch little guido never stops it takes a fucking mm-hmm. cane to his face to stop him in this match i like that that's fucking brutal and uh i think he both him and smothers like have really work themselves up like in this little run of theirs like i feel like we have a lot more respect for them than than we typically do and uh so i did two and a half matt yeah i'm with you guys i went two and a half on this just a perfectly solid tag match but boy i'm tired of the jeff jones thing i know he's the fbi's guy and he helps him out but ugh, it's every match every every time he comes up i just get so irrationally angry at it i like i, I don't want to see him do this referee thing anymore mm-hmm. so i mean other than that it was perfectly fine uh joey also he joey's been jabbing a lot of people during this grouping of episodes mm-hmm. he at one he at one point says uh, the ring announcer's head is about to explode like the movie scanners so <laughs> because of how he was yelling i guess i guess because of how the re- the uh, ring announcer was announcing these guys so right. that was that was uh that was quite the interesting jab by joey so i don't know what someone pissed in his cornflakes this month but good lord he's just angry at everybody so a lot of uh, attitude yeah mm-hmm. he's very angry but uh yeah this was uh completely fine so uh two and a half for me all right let's get to our final match of the night and that is justin oh, i'm sorry not for our match uh, next final match justin credible taking on tommy dreamer Credible's out with Jason, Chastity, and Nicole Bass. 
uh, two heated rivals here. Joey says, Chastity is ECW's most well-traveled groupie. Wow. Incredible attacks Tommy as he slides in, but Tommy comes back with a low blow and a side leg sweep. Knocks Incredible to the floor with a cactus clothesline. Tommy beats on him outside using the railing and a chair with an assist from Beulah. Tommy pancakes Credible in the ring for two. Yanks Jason in and puts him in the tree of woe. Buries him on the baseball side into the chair. Credible spears Tommy, hammers away, then hits a low drop kick, grabs the chair and sets it open, takes Tommy into it with a drop toe hold. Tommy's writhing in mouth pain, and Jason slugs him in the jaw. Credible hits a slop drop on the chair, kicks away into a swinging DDT. Tommy uses the chair to come rumbling back and spikes him with a hangman neckbreaker off the top. Tommy hits a Spicoli driver. Jason yanks the riff out, and Chastity rakes his eyes. Credible hits That's Incredible and grabs Beulah, drags her in the ring. He loads That's Incredible on her, but she slips out and it's a low blow. Chastity comes in. We get a cat fight that Jason breaks up. He mashes Beulah with a clothesline. Mikey comes in. It's a whippersnapper on Jason, Chastity, and Credible. And Tommy DDT's Credible to pick up the win. Bass comes in and kisses Tommy. He loads up a pile driver, but Credible makes a save. Credible and his crew leave. Tommy, Mikey, and Beulah laid out after a beatdown. Credible then leg drops Tommy's leg across an open chair in a very nasty spot mm. and then buries Mikey with a that's incredible on the chair. Just complete beatdown city. Uh, and this is a pretty hot finish to a fun match. A lot of chaos, the usual hate dripping through it. Credible hangs with the big boys again, but this war is far from over with the post-match beatdown. The crowd was digging it and a good way to reheat the feud, Matt, and keep the war going. Uh, so in two and three quarter, I dug it. It's pr- pretty much on par for their stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I went three stars on this. I actually enjoyed this one more than the pay-per-view match that they had. I thought the pay-per-view match for me was a little bit disappointing. It just kind of felt like they were going through the motions for me, whereas this is more along the lines of what I was expecting, just a ton of chaos, and, and they really packed it in into a short amount of time, too. This was like another match that was like 10 minutes or so. Uh, the ending was great with uh, you know the beatdown post-match. Uh, Tim taking uh, Dreamer's leg out was nasty, mm-hmm. like you said, and Mikey eating another fucking tombstone. Uh, that's incredible. Jesus, he's incredible is kicking Mikey's ass through this entire feud. Mikey hasn't done shit. So you got to imagine that at some point, Mikey's going to get some sort of comeuppance, or you would think, unless Credible's just going to keep beating the shit out of him. It's for possible that he's <laughs> months and months. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed this quite a bit, actually. So, yeah, I thought uh, Credible grabbing Beulah was uh, was interesting. Jason coming in, laying Beulah out with the Lariat. And then uh, Mikey got a nice pop when he came in, too, and took everyone out. So, mm-hmm. a really fun match here. I was surprised Dreamer won. I kind of thought Credible was going to get the win here. But, for yeah, for me, this was better than the pay-per-view. So, three stars for me, Jenny. I did the three stars as well, uh, partly for a poster in the crowd that just said, I smell pussy. And I assume that was because Nicole Pass was in there and and Chastity. There was a cat that walked by in the crowd. Maybe that was it. Mm. Um, I I like Tommy working uh, Justin around the whole ring, like before they even get in the ring. Um, Just really trying to weaken him up and let Mm -hmm. Bula get in there too to hold the chair for him. I like that. Um, a lot of just classic Tommy stuff um, with like legit terrible looking shit like the fucking drop toe hold in the chair mm-hmm. um, into Tommy's jaw. That was incredible. And then that uh, Hangman's uh, neck breaker dealie he did off the top rope um, was really good too. Um, I don't know how I feel about Mikey wanting to run into these matches with his broken leg. I don't know why he continues to do that. And gets his ass beat, like you said. Like, why does he keep doing this? Um, set the match, have right. the match, stop running in and getting your ass beat. <laughs> um, I I like the Beulah getting involved and Chastity getting involved. It's it's like you know the classic Tommy stuff. So I'm glad he actually won. Uh, there's a switch up, but then as usual, he's laying uh, just flat out in the ring with his buddies uh, at the end. So three stars for me. All right. We get footage of Paul hugging Tony Edwards, who's the head of the New York fan movement that helped clear cable vision. Joey then plugs Russell Palooza. talks about Tommy Rogers recuperating from injuries. Apparently he's still around. <laughs> uh, so Jerry Lynn and Chris Chetty pick Lance Storm as their partner to take on the triple threat here in our main event, which is Lance Storm, Jerry Lynn, and Chris Chetty taking on Douglas Bigelow and Candido. We cut to mid-match. Candido and Storm are throwing chops. Storm heats up into a flurry. We clip ahead to Lynn tagging in, cutting through Candido with a Rana and an armbar. We clip again to Bigelow throwing Lynn high in the air, hard to the mat, following with a headbutt. 
We clipped to Douglas talking shit, slugging Lynn while holding his world title on his other hand. <coughs> Excuse me. Candido tags in, continues to batter Lynn with a fast-paced assault. Douglas comes back. He's pissed. He viciously stomps on Lynn. We clip to Chetty working over Candido, hitting a power slam and a neckbreaker for two. Things break down with all six coming into brawl. Chetty hits a Pescado on Douglas, and Lynn barrels into Candido on the floor. Storm gets a high cross body on Bigelow for two. We clip to Storm hitting the bombshell on Candido, but Bigelow saves. He buries him with the greetings from Asprey Park. And Candido covers to pick up the win. Uh, this is all clips. It looked cool from what we saw. Mm-hmm. I mean, all six guys can work and cut a torrid pace. And all in all, it's likely quite good, but we really only got highlights. Uh, Triple Threat continues to dominate, but we got to see some shine from Storm, Lynn, and Chetty Jenny. Uh, no grade for me. Just Again, it's highlights, but it looked, it looked good. It's frustrating um, because this is one that I kind of would like to see. Uh, I love Jerry Lynn, obviously. And it looked like he was having a banger match. Um, not surprised by the ending, um, but I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the clipped up match. Yeah, I liked what we saw here. Uh, Storm and Candido uh, worked well with each other here. Same for Lynn and Candido. I thought, you know, what we saw of those two guys looked really good. Uh, Chetty even held his own here. I thought this might have been one of the best uh, we've seen out of Chetty. I thought he was really well done. Uh, Really good here. Uh, All hell broke loose eventually, and then you get Candido pinning Storm. So it looked good, but it's another case where we didn't see enough of it, so I didn't rate it either. All right, Douglas has the mic and hypes up Candido for kicking out of Storm's finisher. We clip to Douglas talking about being the reason ECW is what it is today. Douglas says he's made a career fucking with heads, but the styrofoam head won't get in his head. The crowd flings all the heads at Shane as they fill the ring. He kicks and stomps on him. Snow's music hits. He's in the ring to a pop. He hits a couple of headshots to rattle Douglas and send him bailing. Shane melts down, and we wrap up, uh, which just put a lot of credit on Snow. It's good mm-hmm. stuff. It's well built. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree with what we said to start the show. Like, Snow's a choice. It's lightning in a bottle. If you're not going to do it now, when are you going to do it? Like, right. WDS probably going to come calling soon for this guy. For mm-hmm. him to come back as he's getting over, you might as well take a swing at it and maximize the potential. We'll see if they put the belt on him or not. But he's super over. Acts like this don't always come around, so why not take a stab? And it's simple stuff he's getting over with. So it's like, might as well take a run at it, Matt. Yeah, I mean, now's the time to do it. If not now, when, like you said. And I mean, look, there's a chance the match could be really good. If you remember, they had that random one-off when Rick Rude was picking challengers for Shane. They had that random match at the Elks that was really well done. So I think now that Storm has really heating up and rocketed towards the top of the crowd uh, card. I think, you know, that match could be a banger. Uh, I thought Shane was great during this post-match again, too. Like, just his eyes alone, like, just the, his eyes bulging out of his head like he just snorted a mound of coke. I thought that was uh, that was great. It just, Manic Shane is great, as it turns out, and him just tearing apart one of the heads that the crowd threw at him. Just, yeah, more great stuff from Shane here. He's been great during these three episodes. He really does feed off uh, the crowd and mm-hmm. and just such an amazing way. And they, they give it, you know, they just give him all the ammo and he just runs with it. He's so good at it. Um, just really. And I love how snow just came barreling in there too, just to fuck him up real quick. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, do you feel that? Whole do, you feel, head. do you feel Shane's like cracking is like warranted or earned yet? Like has Snow done enough to him to make him really go crazy? No, that's why I'm not mm-hmm. buying it because it feels like he's faking it. So you think it's fake, yeah. right? Yeah, but I mean, I'm I could be wrong. Been wrong about Shane before. Sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's that off. Like it, like to me, it does. I, I agree that it feels a little bit like, but it could just be one of those ECW things where they right. suddenly were in it, right? Even though we didn't really like see the evolution it's sort of like oh douglas is crazy from snow and you just have to accept it (laughs) i need i need more i need more i need snow responding because we've seen shane 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 in all these promos we haven't seen him say anything so it it feels very one-sided at this point like what is he even really doing except for the crowd is you know throwing heads at you it feels like they're potentially protecting snow a bit like He's an okay promo, like, but what's getting him over is just being crazy with the heads, right? Like, well, just do that, you know, the little skit we saw yeah. on the beach and in the locker right. room. Just do yeah. more of those and direct it at Shane. Right. So it right. seems like maybe they're just trying to, you know, pl- slow play it a little bit to protect him and let let Shane carry the feud, which we've seen before, right? They Shane's very good at, at going insane. So what? He kind of did this with Bigelow, right? Going into I was, November. I was going to say, yeah. Where yep. Douglas just carried the whole thing and Bigelow. Was barely even on during that. He's doing radio in Asbury Park, as we found out. (laughs) 
That's very boring. All right. Uh, best match uh, for me is Dreamer Credible. Yep. I believe so. All right. Worst match, I went Rotten Balls, Storing, and Roadkill. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, best moment, I went with the uh, Cablevision announcement and then the Credible crew beat down. Those two were both pretty good. Man, the ending for me. Yeah. The, the raining down of the heads. Yep. And, uh, that was pretty great. Yep. Uh, most 90s, I want the concept of writing to your cable company to carry. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. he said faxes at one point. So. Yes, he did. That's yep. the whole thing. <laughs> uh, rising, I went Rotten Balls. I went Sandman and Scorpio. Snow, I guess. Is Dreamer rising or falling? Uh, he's kind of in the middle, I guess. Yeah, kind of always, right? Yeah, right. He's very steady. Credible. No. Yeah, he's up. He's up for sure. Yeah. Jerry Lynn, yeah. always. Nice yeah. job for Lynn. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. him. Stock falling. I went Lance Wright and Jeff Jones, two Banes of our existence. Yes, fuck them both. We gotta, we gotta name the award after Lance Wright. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. You would think so by now. I'm mm-hmm. wrong, right? All right, final grade. Uh, I went seven out of ten. I like this better than the last episode. I think there was a lot to get into. A lot of matches. Uh, the crowd heat was there. They did some good hype for Russellpalooza. Again, I don't think this is a musty episode. Like, if there was ever three three you could skip, it's the three we probably covered tonight. Um, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see how we continue to ramp up Russellpalooza. The last one has to get done. It's the subtlety now, because I, I know you're looking for like all time. You know, where where are ten pay per views? Like, but like on the TV, like the details are what gets me so the little things um that i see so i did the seven out of ten as well yeah i'm right with there with you guys i think this was the best of the bunch i did the seven out of ten all right that'll do it for us here tonight we'll be back in two weeks time with three more episodes of ecw television That'll be setting us up as we march ever closer to Wrestlepalooza. Again, be sure to subscribe. Check out everything we have to offer here on the North-South Connection, both on our video channel on YouTube, as well as our audio-only feeds. Uh, and also, NorthSouthConnection.com has everything you could want. It's all our audio, all our video. So if you're looking for one spot to visit to uh, catch up on everything, it's right there. We're on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And uh, appreciate all the love, the feedback, the comments. Just keep it all coming. It helps us get you know, more, more eyes and ears on all our stuff. So... So then stay extreme, take care. This is a